Stanford Steve and the Bear is presented by Allstate. Get protected from mayhem this year when you switch and save with Allstate. The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in week three. Stafford, Steve, and the Bear. People have been waiting. The pressure is on Schwink to get this out as fast as possible, Bear. But in all seriousness, it looks like this is going to be the time frame for the week uh, as far as getting the pot out with uh, things moving around and responsibilities picking up uh, for the season. So happy to be here. My man, how are you? I'm, I'm well. Yeah, we we're, uh, we're sitting in Kansas City right now getting ready for the uh, the Thursday night uh, Amazon game with, uh, with the Kirk we'll be doing with Al. So that's something I have added on my on my plate this year. So uh, that's part of the reason, I guess, why we're sliding it somewhat, being that Wednesday is now a travel day as opposed to Thursday. But yep. no, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're looking forward. We, I know people love the travel stories. So we got a, uh, yes. we, got a we, we got an all-timer this week coming up. We got, we got a little, little we got all, all biggest Appalachian State. They pulled the upset. We're probably going to go to AM at AM one. So, so was I. Now we have post game Kansas City to yep. an airport near Boone, North Carolina. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> so we'll probably land around oh, 2 a.m. or so, maybe depending on the game tonight. Car, uh, our, our, our uh, production people, our runners, or our ops people. Pick us up, take us to the hotel. So back at probably 3 a.m. arrival. Okay. And then we'll have Friday morning production meetings and everything that we normally do. Saturday, game day, right after game day, college, college station for the yep. for the uh, the game between Miami and AM. And then because of the flight schedules and the fact that AM to drive from Houston and trying to get back as early as possible, post game, fly to Cincinnati with Kirk. Because it's oh. easier to it's easier okay. to get home through the, doing that yep. as opposed to the the middle of the night drive to Houston and getting to that and doing that. So go to Cincinnati, and then I have a six a.m. flight. So I'm figuring probably by the time I get to like the airport area, it's going to be close to three a.m. or so. So we're we're just going to go right from the uh, the uh, the airport where Kirk's plane is going to land right to the Cincinnati airport and. Whatever happens, happens. I so, thought you were going to say not, right, not much, not much, not, not much sleep coming on. I it's thought it. you were going to say right to the tailgate in Cleveland for Jets Browns. You know, if I if, if I was planning better, I probably uh, would would have done that to, to to see if I could get that plane up to uh, Cleveland, drop me off, and and go yeah. check out the J. Uh, but Robert Salas taking receipts. He's got receipts. Say. He's got yours. As I, I said, as I said. As I said, my life is a receipt of Jets organizational ineptitude. So <laughs> don't worry, well, coach. Just, I got plenty I'm, of them too. I'm happy that there's still room for you on on Kirk's uh, airlines because yeah. it feels like the entourage is picking it up. Is. We got it one is. of the sons following around. If you, if you go on, uh, he did an awesome job video and document. Yeah, Kirk's he did. Travels yes, he did. Last week. Uh, so maybe we get the bear incorporated there. Uh, the plane looks nice and spacious. Uh, so that was good. Uh, but yeah, I'm. It won't be. It won't be. It won't be that plane. It won't be. I know that. that. I know. I figured that. Uh, no, I'm bummed. I was supposed to go. Van Pelt's going to follow AM App State, and you know the priority falls down a little bit. So 
we got some other things cooked up for Saturday's show post game. Uh, so fired up to have we got Kirk Kirk and Fowler got to give us you know maybe five minutes after the game with Scott. That's all, and then you guys could get on your way. Uh, right. The plane we, won't. For, the plane won't leave. Said, anything, anything, anything for anything for for, for Scott. That, that, that's the that's the post show rule. Whatever Scotty needs, that's what we we hang around and take care of him. Um, also, a shout out to Fowler. Uh, he just went on with Rosillo on his podcast this week, an hour long. It is awesome. Uh, Fowler, like you've never heard him. If you get a chance, go listen to that. It's one of the best interviews I've heard in a long time. I'll have to do that. Uh, old old school Dickie V stories. Uh, you know Serena. You know just you know the tennis deal after the U.S. Open. It's just awesome. Uh, Fowler, Fowler uncut. I'm calling it. Uh, which which you don't get sometimes as buttoned Correct. up as he is and as Correct. good as he is. Uh, so, yeah, so the, here we are. It's Thursday. Um, I know it's later in the week, but there's something, Bear, that's just, you know, I'm watching the tape of these games and I'm, I'm going, you know, reading articles and obviously social media. There's one thing that's just been eating at me um, all week that I have to get off my chest. Let it and go. Let, let, let it out. I'm on, I'm on, it we out. got soccer games all day Saturday. So I'm taping games and watching them back. So I've made the mistake of going on social media, you know, in the middle of the Texas game. <laughs> and I just see all this Gary Patterson love. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And Texas is fighting and, and doing their thing. And obviously they lose by one. But I just want people to know Gary Patterson is not calling the defense for Texas. Okay. He doesn't even have a headset on during the games. He's an analyst. He's looking ahead at opponents. Okay. So the scouting report, great. But that defensive staff watching that tape, seeing how physical Texas was, they gave it to Alabama's offensive line in that game. Mm -hmm. They really did. And at really, really critical times, I thought they stepped up and, and played their butts off. So Give the credit to Kwiatkowski and that defensive staff. Those guys did a great job. And, you know, is there a blueprint, uh, you know, for for slowing down Alabama? I am not worried about Alabama. I think it's the first time they got kicked in the face with this group of guys. I think it's awesome for them to get out of there with a win, even though I know everybody wanted to see them lose. But there was good, so much good, so much good taking out, taken out of that game. And that's just one of the things that sticks out from last week. And I know we'll get to the picks, but anything from from last I, week? Yes, I have a, I have a question for you off of okay. that. What team did you learn more about, Alabama or Texas? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'll say this, Alabama, because I'm going to learn more about Texas this week. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. If you're telling me who what yep. I learned more about last week, it's Alabama. Yep. The offensive line is not invincible, as we saw. Uh, the passing word needs some game. The run game. I mean, the run game. And I think that's what happened. Phys- uh, Texas was so physical and, and doing things with those guys up front with the four down guys. 99, unbelievable effort out of him. Uh, so I, I think it's it's Alabama knowing what they're still capable of. And uh, – Texas, we will get to them because they are a part. That game is part of the selections on my side. Um, so, yeah, it was. I learned a lot though. Um, Texas, the way here's the deal. Texas oh. has shown flashes, right? They've shown flashes. We know the recruiting. They, I mean, Xavier Worthy showed me a ton uh, in that game. I mean, I, I thought he was a deep guy and a return guy. 
He showed he could run every route, and there is. Bijan, you know, wanted to see more, obviously, but they did a good job bottling him up, and we know about the youth on the Texas offensive line. The problem is Ewer's going to be out. It sounds like Card's ankle's pretty bad. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table this week. I and think he's okay. Yeah, and that, that's I, I what think, it sounds I think, like. I think, I, 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 think, I, think he's, I think he's okay. I, I've heard they've actually had a pretty good week of practice. Yeah, that, that, and, they seem and they're to overcome happy down that there. lot, which 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 surprises me. Which, if that's indeed the case, it's a uh, a credit to Sark and the coaching staff and those kids no for, doubt. for getting over a loss like that pretty uh pretty quickly. But but you're right, this game absolutely it, it's it's red lights flashing all over the place. It's a <laughs> it, you're trying to get up off the mat from from that loss with with, with your quarterback not a hundred percent. It's an up and coming program in the state was really well coached and they got some players like it, it's a very, very dangerous spot for Texas. I don't have a play on the game because um, I don't know what way it's ultimately going to go, but it sounds like you actually do have a play on the game. I do. And uh, I'll get right into it. Uh, I'm taking uh, the Roadrunners plus the points. Um, another thing too, that we could say now is Thursday, the column's probably going to be out before the, the, the podcast. So Chalk section, ESPN.com, they're up there right now. We submit them on Wednesday. I can't tell you, you know, the lines are what they are when we write that column. Yep. So it, last night, I'm finishing it up. It's 12 and a half. And the idea of the Roadrunners and what they bring to the table, I think it was a massive win for them last week because I thought that was their trap game. But it wasn't really. They knew what they were up against in a physical Army team that's going to give it to you. Now Army throws for over 300 yards, so yeah. Texas got to be looking their chops there. But when we talk about this week for Texas, this how do they get up off the mat? What you know, the numbers tell us plenty of things about teams that play Alabama and what happens to them the weeks after. Okay, so this is the first instance we're going to see Texas in that situation. But the Roadrunners have had this game circled since it's been scheduled. OK, this is their biggest game of the year. First time being invited to play, you know, little brother at big brother school. So I think they have the goods offensively to be a pain in the butt all for 60 minutes. And that's why I think I think Texas wins. I don't think it's going to be pretty. That's the biggest key. Texas, they just got to win this game. But I think the Roadrunners have the goods to keep it close. And that's why I'm taking the Roadrunners plus the points, because they are more than capable. Coaching staff's a great staff. They'll have those guys ready to go. Texas did show some flaws, and I'm sure they'll go attack those in this game. So that's why I like the Roadrunners. Yeah, I think there are th – th that's one of the games. I think there are a couple of other games this week where you can really isolate and look at the spot and look at the situation and probably get a little bit of a contrarian-type play, a little bit of, a, of an underdog that probably should be – like, I, I think it looks like a spot where normally at the number you'd want to play the favorite, but where the number is, it might lend itself to playing the underdog. And two of those games are Colorado State, Washington State, okay. uh, where I, I like Colorado. Colorado State is off. They're terrible. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, you're getting 17 points on the road at Wazoo, who just beat Wisconsin as a 17-point dog. They've got Oregon next week, which is a massive game for them. And it's not like their offense has been great 
the first two games. Like, like they turned the ball over six times. Yep. Uh, they, they overcame the turnovers last week because Wisconsin was was just inept offensively. So I, I think Colorado State is definitely one of those hold your nose dogs uh, okay. at plus 17 to take. And the other one is Tulane, plus 14 against Kansas State. Like mm. K State's got Oklahoma next week. We know how well <laughs> they have done in the past against OU as a big dog. I think this is a kind of a big look ahead uh, game for them. Uh, Tulane is a team that their special teams don't have to take a back seat to K State. They have an excellent special teams unit. They've got an experienced quarterback in Michael Pratt, who, oh, by the way, is like 80 spots higher in QBR than Adrian Martinez. Remember, they went to Oklahoma last week and were right in that game, last season rather, mm-hmm. I should say not last week, right in the game there. I don't think this is an easy game for K-State at all. So uh, I think it's a really good spot to take two underdogs in games that maybe typically you would immediately just circle the favor. Uh, love where you're thinking there. You, you know, one's a look ahead, one's a hangover. I understand your, your mindset there. Huge win. For Wazoo in my over yep. for season win total, man, yep. that was massive. massive. Uh, I, I I think I said in our preseason column too, like I just wanted them to get out of that game alive, and I they're more than capable. And I'll tell you what, Dickert, I mean, playing that many guys on defense, I think is a blueprint for these, you know, undersized schools, a la Pac-12, smaller schools going to play these big physical teams at Wisconsin because they couldn't wear on them. They just had fresh bodies. They just kept rolling in, and, and Wisconsin combined that with the penalties were just brutal, obviously a, a factor in Alabama's game also, and that's one thing you can't account for. Like, are you going to be able to work on it? You, t- you hear coaches talk all the time. It's a – you know, the big schools will have referees at practice every day and and, and charting things and, and having a guy's sense to help them on that – on those along those lines. So – it's a it's a it's a huge week for teams in these kinds of situations and teams that could take the next step. And when I look at one of those, it's BYU at Oregon, and BYU gets the job done without their two best receivers last week in an overtime win against a real physical Baylor team. And now we get a trip to Eugene. And I've I've pointed out I've done a bunch of shows this week. Like the the road is there if BYU can win this game. The road is there. That resume, if they were to run the table, now there's plenty of tough games left, but that would be sure. more impressive than Cincinnati's last year. But this is a huge, oh, huge far. if um, in this game, going on the road. Oregon, on the other side, I'm not convinced the offense is fixed because they scored 70 against Eastern Washington. I still have my questions about the quarterback position, and I thought the offensive line. This is this is where I want to see them, you know, be able to be balanced. That's what they're going to need to be BYU. And when I look at BYU, thirty-three carries last week for only eighty-three yards. That's like two and a half yards per rush against Baylor. They have to be better than that, and I'm not sure they're going to be. So with my take on this game, I'm going to go under the total fifty-eight. I think both defenses step up, and I think it's a, it's it's a tight game. Yeah, I can see that. I actually like Oregon in okay. this game uh, as, as well. I, I mean, look, I, I have the same concerns as you uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but but I, I think their linebackers will really be able to shut down uh, that BYU offense, uh, especially being that I'm hearing that uh, Romney and Nakua won't mm. play. I mean, who knows if anything's going to change with that or has changed with that since the last update that I got. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I, just, I just trust – 
I just trust Oregon here uh, defensively at home. It, it's a big game for Lanny to get his his coaching tenure off to a pretty good start there with the with the team coming in. That's frankly not used to being an yeah. underdog. If you go back to 2019, this is only the fourth time uh, BYU's been a dog in the last what the two and a half mm. three years or so. So like I could say, I think it's an opportunity for a lot of betters to grab BYU uh, plus the points. Uh, and that's probably why they're going to be a little bit of a uh, one of one of those underdogs that has a pretty skewed ticket count. But it wouldn't surprise me if BYU no. won the game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna lean towards Oregon. Yeah, I yeah. think Oregon's athleticism on the edges I think is the difference in how many big plays they could get. BYU defense is stingy, not the most athletic, but they're gonna play for sixty. That's what that's what I want to see Oregon. I want to see Oregon play a full game for against a formidable opponent playing sixty minutes. You have a Hold your nose, double-digit favorite, and I sort of have two. Uh, do you want to go with yours first? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I definitely got two hold your nose big favorites, and again, I think they're probably a little bit opposite of what, uh, whether the public or the action or the ticket count or whatever's coming in. Uh, the first one's Notre Dame. Okay, uh, minus ten and a, minus ten and a half against Cal. We know the ridiculous numbers that Cal has under Justin Wilcox as an underdog. And those, those, the numbers are the numbers. But I just think in this situation, at least for a week, it's an opportunity to potentially buy a little low on Notre Dame. I, I don't – look, I had UNLV last week, and they got the cover against Cal, mainly because Cal was just completely inept. If they couldn't punch in on UNLV's defense, uh, I think they're going to have a ton of problems against the Irish. And I know Marshall ran the ball very well last week, and, and that's fine. But I think last week was more about turnovers and, and and things like that. And I know without Buckner now, maybe they're a little bit different offensively, and obviously his running threat was a big mm-hmm. deal. But I, I think Pine will come in. I, I still I think they'll be able to run the ball. They'll be able to get enough from there where, where, where this, this could be. I don't think it's going to be no. pretty. Uh, I don't think long-term this offense is, is any great shakes at all. But I think for this one week against a team that's probably worse offensively than Notre Dame is, I, I think it's a chance to, uh, to to lay the points here with, with Notre Dame. So I'm going to lay the, the 10 and a half with Notre Dame. And then the other one, again, I know Spencer Petras has a 3.4 QBR. I know Brian Ferentz in that offense is like the laughing stock of the entire uh, college football world. So, of course, it's the perfect time to – Play 22 and a half with Iowa. Like, if they don't turn the ball over and you know they're going to be conservative of offense and not going to take chances, Nevada's going to have a hard time scoring points. We saw the first two weeks against uh, Texas State and New Mexico State, but they had nine turnovers they forced, and that was the only reason why they, they won those games. And they lost last week to Incarnate Word. Uh, I think this is one of those like logic games where, like, oh, how's Iowa going to score that mm-hmm. many points? But I, I, don't, I don't think people out there really have a good idea about how bad Nevada is. So this is, normally you'd never, ever, like, say, I want to lay points, three touchdowns with Iowa. But I think in this situation this week, I think it's a good opportunity. Too. I'm just trying to – you're better at this than me, the math on that Iowa game. So if we're saying that they're given 23, the over-under is 39, we're looking at, what, like a 31-8 game? So Nevada's team total is like eight. Is that right? Oh, if it's eight, it's too high. <laughs> 
<laughs> Could be a big two-point conversion if they were to score a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's like with the uh, the other game I say too with uh, New Mexico State Wisconsin. Like if it, if it's three and a half, it's too yeah. high. Uh, but I don't know how they yep. score unless Wisconsin just benches guys the week ahead of the Ohio State mm, game. Uh, yet Notre Dame, uh, just a thought on that. They they cannot be worse against the run. Uh, I, I looking at that game, the, the it's all coachable. The linebackers were just running out of there for with no business of running out of there, and that's why they were, you know, Marshall Rand was at 50, ru- 50 rushes for two sixteen, you know, mm-hmm. five yards of carry, close to it. That 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 stuff's fixable to me. Now Tommy Reese has Pine. I think the offensive game plan is going to be way more focused. They know what they do, can do. They know what they can't do. And I still think somehow, some way, I know they don't have speed burns, but you got to take shots over the top to keep that coverage a little loose. So I totally understand where you're coming from. On my side, I have two uh, big favorites. One is Utah. I just think payback is a you-know-what. And we saw how bad they were. This is when it turned out last year at losing uh, to San Diego State in overtime. Now they get the Aztecs coming to them. It's a night game. It's Rice-Eccles. They're given 21. I think it's. I think they score plenty. Uh, and I think Utah takes takes care of business. They got to be so bummed watching Florida last week and seeing what Richardson looked yep. like in that game compared yep. to what they he, they mm-hmm. they allowed him to do. So I think Utah comes out with a big force. And the other one is Rutgers. And I get it. it Seventeen and a half. Temple's bad, but Temple Temple is so bad. Temple had to block three punts last week to beat Lafayette by sixteen. They had to block three punts, and they did. Credit to them. But I look at Rutgers. The passing game is still a thing in in front in 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 a process. I'll say that. But they've run the ball for close to 600 yards in two games, and I know it's not the greatest opponents, but they've got they they they're way better at that. And I don't think that um, Temple can hold up against that. So I'll lay the points with Rutgers as as a big favorite. So that's two big favorites. Wanted to let you know when you're finished with the podcast and you're looking for more football content to get you primed for the weekend, look no further. ESPN Podcasts and Omaha Productions have been hard at work on a ton of NFL content. Your options include the Dominique Foxworth Show, the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny, Kyle Brandt's Basement, Fantasy Focus Football, the Adam Schefter Podcast, and the Bill Barnwell Show. I know that's a lot, and there's nothing wrong with having some options. You could follow all of these shows wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Friday night, you got it, Vic? Yeah, I, I like Louisville Friday night. Getting the uh, two and a half against Florida State. 
Like, I mean, I, I know I know UCF isn't the greatest passing offense in the world, but but it it showed me a little. showed me a little something in the second half last week. Really slowing down uh, Russ Plumley and that and that offense. They didn't turn the ball over a bunch like they did uh, against Syracuse. And look, I respect Florida State getting that win in the Superdome against LSU. But didn't you feel more like that was like kind of LSU just watching the game and turnovers and Florida State just having uh, an ungodly night on third down? I don't know. I, 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 I Look, I, I still don't know how great this Louisville team is moving mm-hmm. forward, and I still don't know if the Malik making Malik Cunningham more of a, a drop back pocket passer as it appears they've tried to mm-hmm. do in the first couple of games, if that's ultimately going to work, but going on, the, but, but Florida state going on the road here now it's short favorite. I don't know. It feels like Louisville is the, uh, is the right side here. To make. I agree with you. I think Louisville learned a lot about themselves going to UCF. That was a good win, man, to get up off the deck after how bad they were and turnovers played a huge part in that Syracuse game. I didn't have the guts to take them last week. I'm probably I'll probably they're not going to be in the column. I don't think, but I could see myself right before kickoff saying I'm going to pull the trigger on Louisville because go a little do it do it a little do it a little late column. Yeah, no, there that that that's what I have I, a couple that's, games. That's what that's what I did last week. I I did that last okay. week. I I, I I sent our guy Bearman a note and I was like, look, I got I got two late ads for the column and they both won. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. One was one was more one was Marshall and one was. Uh, Nice. Good for both, both, both late ads to the column. Two outright underdog winners. Nice. Uh, See, and and that's one of the th- that's one of the great things too about about the fact we're doing this pod later in the week. Now it gives us more time throughout the week, more information, mm-hmm. get to kind of see the way the winds are blowing. And I think I feel a lot better. I, I, I would feel a lot better about the picks releasing them at this point in the week. Okay. Do you have any more already in the column? Yeah. Uh, yes, I got one more. I got one more, and I'm going to head to, I'm going to head to Syracuse, okay. and I'm, I'm going to take a hack with the orange, uh, laying the laying the one. I think it is uh, against Purdue. I mean, I don't know whatever Dino Babers and Robert and I have done for Derek Schrader. Keep doing it. It's amazing. You look at how good Schrader looks so far this year compared to how Brennan Armstrong looks at Virginia yeah. without an eye there. Like it, it's mind boggling to me how Armstrong. I've seen people people joke around on the internet that Tony Elliott has broken Brennan Armstrong, but I mean maybe it's more about what Robert and I did for him. Like I mean, this was a make or break year for Syracuse, Huge. and uh, you get the big win over Louisville, and you get the gimme win last week. Um, been opportunistic on defense, haven't turned the ball over on offense. Uh, they win this week, and they got Wagner the following week. It's like you're, you're potentially looking at five and zero hosting NC State. And uh, I think if you look at the way the defense has played, Tucker running the ball, Schrader, and the way he's been playing offense right now and keeping that unit uh, intact and making plays, I like Syracuse here laying the one uh, against Purdue. You mentioned doing this pod later in the week and having more time to look at things and see numbers move. And I, I found myself having time, more time to watch tape. And I went back. I know it's UConn, but I wanted to see what Syracuse looked like. Uh, knowing they jumped out to that big halftime lead. And you're right. The offense looks good. And Schrader, he, I'll tell you what, he's way faster than I thought. Like he, when he rolls out, mm-hmm. he gets around the edge. Like he, he, it's a first down. Like there's, there's nobody catching him from behind. That's for sure. And he made some really good throws. Like 
guys that were kind of covered and he threw them open down the goal line. He was impressive. And like, again, I know it's UConn, uh, Purdue. When you think about it, you know, they're going to be one dimensional. They're going to throw it. And I think, you know, Syracuse knowing that seeing speed that Louisville had, I thought they were impressive. there, getting a couple picks against Cunningham. Yep. So I, I I'm, I'm, I'm actually juiced up for that game because it's the unknown is still out there. And I think it's a tough spot for Purdue. So I like, I like your Syracuse pick. You said you had one more in the column. No, okay. that was it. Are you going to go to the snake pit on Saturday and catch us? We have to work. We're on after the A&M game. So I was planning mm. on going to that. Or actually, I was planning on being in College Station tomorrow morning. But, uh, right. you know, we got a show to do. It's it's just the dynamics of it. With it, We just can't do it. Because I said last week, uh, Houston-Texas Tech was going to be the longest game. And my bet this week is Maryland-SMU. Because there is going to be plenty <laughs> of offense on that thing weird i think it opened a pick them went to three down to two and a half maryland given a lot of a lot of things play out here uh when i try and look at this matchup that that confuses me when you look at maryland superior um offensive talent against the two opponents they've played in buffalo and charlotte and that they've showed out uh leah looks great throwing the ball um uh Copeland from Florida, the transfer, he had the big day last week. They have plenty of receivers. SMU comes in, uh, win over North Texas, and they buried somebody last week. But then I think about what these two teams have next week. Maryland, big noon at Michigan, and then SMU plays their old coach in, in TCU with, with Sonny Dyke. So really interested to see how this game plays out. I would probably lean the over. I know it's a lot, but uh, there's – both defenses hasn't been tested at all. So this is going to be a huge matchup for, for both of those defenses. So I, I will we will be in the panic room of Van Pelt watching his beloved Terps in a big spot on on the on the Have fun. on the one for fun. fun. Yeah, first time usually it's basketball. Now it's our first time the, the show staff gets to experience football panic room Van Pelt with the Terps, but it'll be fun. Uh that'll be a real exciting game. Um I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh when we look at the slate. Uh, other ranked matchups, uh, just to get your take on things. There's a couple games that almost made the column. They still might, and that's watching it again last night. Fresno State loses an absolute heartbreaker last week to Oregon State, and when I watched it last night, you can't help but notice the difference in Fresno You know, going in to play USC than Stanford against USC, and the first thing is speed. And that's why I loved USC last week. I thought they had superior speed at every single skill position, offense and defense. And they were pretty clean, man, offensively against that Stanford D, which I still don't think is is a top eight defense in in the Pac-12. Do they? Do they? Do they? How, they run around in ankle weights. Do they have those things? Is that, is that part of the uni? No, it's a, it's a problem. It's a problem, and it really showed up against SC. And <laughs> when I watch SC, the pressure they put on you because they rarely have a tight end in the game. So now those guys could stretch the field all the way outside the numbers and you could put the slot guys wherever you want. And you put die in the backfield and you have Caleb there. So it's like, you got to defend 13 guys the way they spread you out. And he's just, he's made every throw. He didn't miss a throw really last week. So when they're clicking like that and Stanford gets the ball down the red zone and turns it over, it's and they got to change their offense from what they're doing, you know, to get the ball down there. That's a problem. 
And SC has been hugely beneficial of creating turnovers. I give them credit. They created them and then cashing in. 52 to 52. Is that what it is? Points off wow. turnover differential. Yep. So there you go. The opponents have opponents. Opponents have three red zone turnovers, <laughs> and I think five of the interceptions have been like tipped ball interceptions, like four of them by the guys. And hey, credit to them. The uh, Grinch prides himself in, in takeaways. Yep, they make a place. Now, yep. is it sustainable? Probably not at that clip. But if your offense is going to be that clean and they're not going to turn it over, then I'll, I'll I'll take my chances with SC. But when I look at Fresno, Jay Kaner comes in. He had an unbelievable press conference earlier this week where some of the quotes, it was, you know, he, he rooted for SC as a kid. He never got the call from SC. And his quote, I believe, was little Jay Kaner never got the offer from SC. Little Jay Kaner didn't have enough stars next to his name to get the call. But now I get the chance to go play in the Coliseum and I'm gassed up. And Fresno's offense is more than capable. I think they have enough speed on defense to not get as exposed as Stanford did. So I, I think they could keep this within 12. I really do. They're more than capable offensively with, with Hayner. And, and, and I believe uh, Mims had four, four touchdowns on the ground last week. So they're going to bring some balance and they're going to bring a lot more to the table. I think than Stanford does offensively. That's why I lean Fresno state in this game. Yeah, I, I can, I, I can agree with that. It would be Fresno state or pass for me. Uh, where, where do you, <clears throat> Where do you stand long term on SC? Like, do you think like they're worth a play to make the playoff, or worth a play for Caleb to win the Heisman? Because I mean, I, I think you could probably make a case that if you look at the schedule now with Notre Dame yeah. being uh, where they are with the injuries that they have, like if they lose to anybody outside Utah or UCLA, it would probably be a bit of a shock, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, like, I guess they could lose this week, but. But, but you would you would assume that they're going to be ten and two or somewhere we're in that range maybe and Caleb's going to put up huge numbers and you certainly missed the best of the number but you think they might be worth the play to, to to make the playoff for a free on him to win here's the question I have for you coming back how much are they going to mm-hmm. change how much are their odds going to change if they get out of September undefeated because I think next week is a massive test Oregon State has a bunch of guys. On offense, it's kind of the same matchup. Like it's just going to be a track meet up and down the field. And how does SC come out of this game against Fresno? Uh, that that that's why I ask because if they get through this, they are they're not going to go. What are they now? Four four plus four fifty. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I, mean, I don't think it'll go. I I don't think the number will change that much until the Utah game. Like, I think that that's the so way you to ultimately make the call. I would wait. Now, no, the, the Caleb number is going to change. Yeah, it, and it already has. I think I think it went from, like, like plus 650 to plus 320 or something uh, in, in, the, in the course of a week. Um, who did Oregon State lose? Did they lose a tight end and a linebacker? Is that what uh, they yeah, lost? I know they had a couple of guys. The, with her. the, um, the, the stud tight end, uh, he's not going to play this week again. Uh, actually, in a game I want to talk to you about because there's a couple FCS. Oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. Like, I would be this, that would be a total spot to take Montana State. But you see what's going on yeah. with them? Like, they, they're without like their top four running yeah. backs. But going back, uh, Musgrave, Luke Musgrave, 88, uh, the tight end for Oregon State, made a couple huge plays. And I believe he got hurt on the last second to last play of the game. And that's why he wasn't in when they went with their pseudo wildcat uh, where they bring in the fullback mm-hmm. 
and then they moved the tackle out to tight end, and then 81 was the tight end on that play. And they just down blocked, and the kid made a play and got in the end zone. Jonathan Smith, what a call, what guts. But it's just belief in his team, and that's what I feel like we're starting to see with these teams is decision-making by the coaches just dictates what they feel about their team. And that's awesome to see. In Oregon State, last play of the game, and you go for the win like that. It's just – it's so – good to watch unless you're a Fresno State fan so uh, I believe Musgrave's out this week but he's going to be back for for SC which is huge because um, they'll 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 go you know two backs two tight ends a ton a ton of the time uh, which I want to see USC have to defend because Stanford you know Stanford's not Wake Forest West um, with that ride and decide offense uh, so <laughs> I don't think Fresno's going to play a lot of tight ends against SC. So that that's why I think Oregon State has something that SC hasn't been able to see, if that makes any sense. So I agree with you on Caleb with the Heisman. I would I would take it now. You ha- you have to because it's only going to go down. He's been, I mean, I get it. They they've got plenty of toys to play with, but he's been awesome, man. Like every throw is right there. And then I going back and watching last night. You know, uh, right before the half where it's kind of – I think it's a two-score game. And they they go, you know, four wide. He comes up, checks the play, and they just run inside zone to die. And he doesn't get touched for about 25 yards to the end zone. So they got they got it cranked up, and they're scary. And the Coliseum should be jacked up. But Fresno State as a dog is always live to me. So that's why I lean them with the points. Um, so the Oregon State game, Montana State. I, did you see any numbers yet? I thought I saw North Dakota State's a pick 13 and a half. I thought the, I saw third. I thought Oregon State, Montana no, State. No, I thought I saw North Dakota State, Arizona as a pick them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I saw North Dakota State bet to minus wow. one. Okay. <clears throat> uh, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, that's like, at that number, it has to be North Dakota State or pass, right? I would think so. The thing I staying up till three in the morning Saturday night trying to get the Arizona Mississippi State over in and Arizona drops a <laughs> touchdown pass in the end zone with ten seconds left was a tough one to watch. But I'll tell you what, Deloro was running for his life against that Mississippi State defense and a kid they brought in yep, at the end. What's his name? Noah. F- Noah Fafita. Uh, I thought he was legit, man. He reminds me of Dylan Gabriel. Uh, he looked good. I don't know if he's going to play now. Um, I don't know if it was just because the game was out of hand, but he was pretty impressive. So I think Arizona might have a, a two quarterback thing. I think if not this week down the road for sure, because he was in command and he got him right down the field and they couldn't score at the end. But I, I, I'm, I'll be honest. I haven't seen the tape on North Dakota state. So I, neither have I, neither have I, 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 I think it's a lot of people just lie and act like I know. Anything. And then looking at it, Obviously, they've had success, but I think it's been, what, six years since that Iowa game, since they beat them? It's been a while, I think that was yeah. the time where everybody's like, all right, we're done. Nobody scheduled this team. <laughs> you know, yep. they, got it, they got it cranked up. So, yeah, it's – Arizona is uh, light years ahead of where they were last year, but that's not really saying much, knowing how much work Jed Fish had to do there. So – Montana State, I remember watching them in the playoffs last year. I love the quarterback. So, and that game's I it's not in Corvallis. I think they're playing it in like Portland. Portland. Is that the MLS stadium where they have all the smoke and the haze? 
I wonder if they're playing there. What's that soccer team? It would have to be, right? right? Or the Portland Timbers. Timbers. Yeah. yeah they touch the stump or whatever they do when they run out. Um, <laughs> uh, if it's not, it yeah, should be. Exactly. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell, tell me why Michigan State will pull another upset. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you know, you know, you noticed I did not put this one in the column. You, you, you know, you you saw it. I, I, there's no way. I mean, I mean it, 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 it's got to be Washington or pass. I mean, no. I mean, we still don't. We still don't know how good the Michigan State pass defense is, and we still don't I mean, know how we've, we've talked with. I don't know how good Washington's defense is because no, but. We, 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 the number, the number is telling us Washington's yes. favorite. I, I think you, you, I mean, I don't know if you can put a number or quantify how how much of an improvement you need to put on UW because of DeBoer and and Penix. Mm-hmm. Like, but but all I know is last week Michigan State was a single digit underdog four times and they won all four of them outright. So like again, I'm not I'm not going to put my hand on the uh, the hot burner again and. And, and get burned. So, being that I already have a, a, a big Michigan State season win total yeah. under, I'm a, that, that, that's that's enough for me. That, I was going to say this is a ma- this is a massive one for that. But that's the thing. Watching these teams back, you know, they both average forty three plus, but they haven't played. I mean, Kent State is probably the best out of those teams, uh, the four teams that, those, that these two teams have combined to play, and the offensive have rolled. And that's the thing. Penix looks like a totally different player in this system. I mean, he just the idea of seeing him or just the visual of seeing him get rid of the ball as quickly as he's done makes him just look so good. And that's what I think will be the game plan is, is get that ball out quick and get the because they got some playmakers, too. And you mentioned Michigan State. This is it. This is the test like on the road, your defense, knowing what your weakness was last year. And now you got a huge test. I've said, you know, as long as I've been around. When this place is cranked up, it's as loud as there is in America. Uh, the way the, the sound goes off the overhangs and comes back down, it it, it and it. What do we got? A four thirty kickoff out there because it's ABC Prime. Yeah. So four thirty, mm-hmm. they'll be they'll be juiced up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I just want to see it because Michigan State's been kind of sloppy too. Turnovers. Uh, I think Thorns has three picks and they they've had some fumbles. I do love Michigan State's running backs. I mean. Mel Tucker in that portal. I'll tell you what, he knows how to do it. Because yep. uh, everybody talks about Berger from, from Wisconsin. I like the Broussard kid from Colorado. I think he's he's got an extra gear. 
I think they've both combined the run for like 400. So, yeah, I would lean Washington in this game. And looking at the total, I just don't know because of how well the offensive have looked, but the defensive haven't been tested. So that's why I think it's a it's a, it could be a shootout or it could be a defensive-minded game. It wouldn't surprise me uh, either way. So, But it's, it's a fantastic matchup. I wish we uh, had more of these um, Pac-12 hosting. Uh, these power fives out there, but maybe start winning some and then you get to dictate your schedule a little bit more. South Carolina, any chance to keep it close? Yeah. Yeah. There's a chance. I I just don't know how they're going to slow the Georgia offense down, uh, given the injuries that they have on the defensive side of the ball and how much pressure and stress the, the Georgia offense puts on your defense. Uh, with being able to hurt you at every single position, whether it's running back, tight end, wide receiver. So like, I, mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the team total yet for Georgia, but I could be pretty interested in a, a Georgia team total over here. Like the Rattler has been kind of kind of running for his life, and his QBR hasn't been great the first couple of weeks. And they, they they've got some players who can make some plays on offense, but it's just going to be a question of whether he has whether he has time or not in this game. So I guess if I had to play the game, I'd lay the 24, 24 and a half. I feel a little bit better about a uh, a Georgia team total over. And, and I made a bet this week. I made a bet this week that I never, ever, ever in a million years thought I would have made. And it's not the best number. And I probably should have thought about doing it earlier. But I bet Stetson Bennett to win Oh, and I'm almost like I'm almost kind of like, like, do I really want to admit that I did this? But my thought process was that his number is only going to go down throughout the year if USC loses, if, if Alabama continues to struggle offensively, if Ohio State somehow picks. Like, I, I can see it at the end of the year, him putting up really good numbers, and there being this conversation about. Stetson Bennett represents everything that's good for college football. Walk on, fought it out, won a national title, uh, hometown hero, but not really, not hometown hero, but but like stuck it out, played, beat out the the Ballyhooed five stars, and now is leading them to a potentially second straight shot. And like I can see, like we all know that he's not the best player in the country. But the Heisman doesn't always go to the best player Mm -hmm. in the country. So I, I I can I never would have imagined this before the year, but I can see a path where he certainly is invited to New York and even maybe have a chance to win this. So okay, there's my there's my soliloquy, and I am not a I am not a Heisman voter by the way. Just wanted to get that out there. So that's why I feel no concern about betting on this stuff because I am not influencing at all with the vote that I have. I'm not a Heisman voter, so uh, I'm okay. Speaking of the Heisman. And the betting mm-hmm. on it. How do they do the voting geographically? Is it is there certain amount of people in certain areas? Because like mm-hmm. regional regional voting. So yep. it's it, it split it's split up throughout the country where the votes are all equalized throughout the northeast, far west, midwest, southeast, like all the different regions that they that they, they geographically balance it, and uh-huh. it's not. Over influenced by uh, by 
Northeast voters where college football really isn't a big deal in the Northeast or SEC voters or Big Ten, but like it's all equaled out so that, that way there's no, uh, there's no uh, specific region that would be, have an unfair advantage with, with more voters. So when I, I ask this, because if we go down the list of candidates and we look at where they play, you got Stroud in Ohio, you got Bryce in Alabama, Stetson in Georgia, uh, I mean, I got Bijan not doing anything against Alabama. I think it's a tough one. Um, uh, we'll see what Dylan Gabriel does. I mean, I'm just trying to – because is it could be like everything west of Ohio is going to go to Caleb, right? Every vote. Right. So Good. I, I just think – I mean, that, that dynamic I, – I've said forever, it's the worst voted on award in sports, but that's why I, I just – I wonder if there is, could be a bias where everybody west of the Midwest um, goes goes with Caleb because they're 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 watching. They, it, but we'll they see. they really need they really need to go through those voter logs yeah. at the uh, at the Heisman Trust and just slash that list. If there are if there are a thousand voters or whatever the hell there are yeah. now, and we don't have yeah. votes, and we probably watch more college football than. 98% of the people mm-hmm. out there. I I mean, look, I'm not saying it, but but it's like it's almost like too many votes is a bad yep. thing because it just kind of waters it down. I think you need to really reduce the the, the number of votes and make the votes count more uh than just more in mass. Okay. So. Uh a couple underdogs I wanted to get your take on here. Auburn at home. I don't love the game. Auburn would be the side that I would play because I think they probably match up pretty well with their strength in running the ball is probably against the weakness of Penn State, which would be stopping mm-hmm. the run in those run games. You're not going to throw on that secondary. I think Auburn will try, but but I but but I, if I had to play the game, I'd take Auburn in the points. Uh, just because I trust their running game, and I think I like their defense in this spot going up, going up against Clifford uh, than the other way around. I agree. I, if I had to take anything in the game, I th- I would. I know it's a low number. I'd still go under, under because Penn State's strength is that secondary, and Auburn's passing game is still to be found. It all sounds like they're going to play two quarterbacks, and on the other side, I think Auburn's front seven can get after them. I thought Auburn impressed me going up to Penn State last year. And having a chance to win, they did you know? easily. Easily could have yeah. won the game. So, um, Penn State is acting like they've never played, uh, or I should say, it's act, they act like they're going to Europe to play this game uh, because of the Montgomery Airport and Coach Franklin not being able to know exactly what the travel details are for mm. his Tuesday press conference. Like, just worry about getting on the field, and you'll be fine. Now, 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 now they know exactly how every single person alive feels trying to get to state college yeah i'm gonna fly to harrisburg have fun and drive i'm gonna i'm, gonna, I'm gonna stay in oh you know what? I'm, I'm gonna drive six hours from connecticut through through the through the mountains to to get to state I, now, now now you know exactly how it feels for everyone else coming in there it's great once you get there but it's the worst spot in the country to to, to travel to not a lot of hotels an old state college. No. I'll just say that. I'm just fired up that this but, game is at Auburn because I I think it's the most underrated 
uh, venue for a game. I think it's just tremendous what the energy and those fans bring to the table. So that's why I'm jacked up uh, for that one. I predicted two things, two games earlier in the year. We got one right last week with Texas Tech beating Houston. And before the year, mm-hmm. I said Vandy would beat NIU. And now Vandy's got a quarterback <laughs> situation. Yep. Right, didn't look good last week against Wake. They're catching two and a half in DeKalb. I still have faith in the Commodores to pull it off. And I know everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat with that two and a half <laughs> win total. They better and win. This, this is they it. better win. But it's going to be a long couple months. Uh, so shout out to the Commodores. Hopefully they get that done. The other dog. Well, actually, I mean, it, it, you, you know, it, it, the funny thing is, is you're actually in, a, in a, an okay situation because if you, you, it's a great chance for you to basically get off the bet damage free. It's only a two two and a half point spread, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you're not. It's not like you're really laying a big money line uh, with with um, NIU uh, with, with, with yeah, NIU to, to to get over. This. Like, you know, so if you if you think they're going to go winless in the SEC again, um, yeah, you, you you have the opportunity here. Very good. I one game that was really close still might th- make the column, and it's a dog. It's Kansas. Catching 10 at Houston. And Houston's had a rough start. Losing the, uh, or I should say winning against UTSA. And going to Lubbock. Losing in overtime. Two overtime games to start the year. I don't think the offense has looked as crisp as people thought it, it would. The offensive line shows some holes. It. And when you show you have weaknesses in your offensive line this early in the season... I think that stuff is really hard to catch up on because now you're going to get exotic looks from everybody you face and you're going to get everything that's giving you trouble already. And when I think about Kansas, like I watched that, I was texting you, I was watching the Virginia West Virginia game. Like I thought they were the better football team. They got playmakers. They get the ball in the guy's right hand. They compete on defense. So I think, I, I think Kansas can keep this within 10, which gets me to my next question. I know what's coming. Could. I know what's coming. Could. If Kansas were to win mm-hmm. and Duke were to beat NCA and T, could we get. It's in play. Could we get college it's game in day Lawrence? It's in play. It's on the table. It's on my list. It's been, it's been passed up the ladder. How good would it be? It's, it's, it's one. It's one of the power five schools that we have not been to. Wow, what's that so list at now? Drafted, I think it's eight. Okay, I, I think it's Is Maryland eight. still on there. Uh, yeah, Maryland's still on there. Maryland, Maryland, Sunge, Kansas, Cal, uh, Illinois. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's eight. How good? I, 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 I gotta, you know, I'll just say this: Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Not looking good. How good would it be game day there and then Coach K comes out for Syracuse? Coach K comes out for the guest picker (laughs) in in Lawrence. Yes. Oh, that would be actually. We'll have to get Bill. Imagine Coach Self come out. Coach Self be steaming. Come up from behind with a chair, (laughs) WWE style. (laughs) All right, go Blue Devils. No, I, I, I believe me, I am rooting for that. I, I at least I want that to happen. So at least there is a serious conversation had 
about where to take the show next week. Yes, love it. Because I, because I think I think there are a couple of options. I think you've got that if that were to pan out. Uh, if you have undefeated Oregon State versus undefeated USC and Corvallis, you've got that. Um, you've got undefeated Tennessee versus Florida, even though Florida had the loss. I mean, I don't know how attractive that is anymore. Um, you've got Clemson, uh, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin looking as awful as they did last week against Ohio State. We've kind of done that game before when we were at Columbus a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think Clemson Wake Forest is probably not because I think we'll probably I would think that Clemson NC State would probably be on the uh Okay the following week. Following week. How about or- but, um, Oregon how about Pullman? Oregon at what Pullman. It's gonna say Oregon, Oregon Wazoo. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, there are a lot of options for for next week. So it's, I'm curious to see how it how how it plays out and if any of these games actually play themselves into or out of control. Oh, Jayhawks. So good. Absolutely. Uh, oh, all about it. That quarterback's legit, man. He's He's got some talent. Sorry, Northwestern. Who are you picking in the office pool? Who are you picking in the office pool? Mississippi State minus two and a half against LSU. Um, ugh. Ugh. LSU. Okay. I disagree. I'm a believer. But, 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 but it would be like, like – one one point pick. Got it. Total coin flip. <laughs> this would be the most Brian Kelly win to start to start the SEC yes. season for him. No doubt about it. Uh, I just don't know if he can get it buttoned up enough because Mississippi State causes major problems. Uh, obviously, not having their best defensive guy up front really is a problem for LSU because that's how you do it. You get pressure with minimal guys and. I really like Will Rogers, man. I'm I'm rooting for the kid. I think he can make every throw. He's got a lot of guts. So I, I look at them as a uh I'll I'll have Mississippi State in my pools. A couple totals. You you go ahead. You you laying it you laying it or taking it in Lincoln? Taken. Taken. I, I, I know everybody's I, I everybody's gonna talk about Nebraska in this spot. Okay. I get it. They're they've got a new coach, but I look at the other side. This is I think somebody mentioned the, the the game of the year line before the season was three. Yep. And I just think about the idea of Venables talking before the year. He had 50 guys that never put on Oklahoma uniform before game one, right? Two weeks later, you're going into a crazy place with this group of guys and that changeover in the roster for the first time. So where do you lean? I think you got to lean on your quarterback. And in your in your offense to, you know, be dominant. And when you look at Nebraska's defense, that's the, that they can't be worse than they've been. They cannot. Uh, I don't know if there's any more personnel to play, or they change up some things. I just I just think you're going to get the best effort possible out of Nebraska, and that's what makes me think about Oklahoma. If that makes any sense to you. Yeah, it, it, it okay. does. It, it does. I don't think. I don't think it's just on, on the code. Like, I hate saying this because it sounds like you. Like, I don't think like Nebraska players are upset that Frost is gone. Like, like I, I, I think this is a good thing. Like, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows if they're good enough to win? But the, the, the 
the dark cloud is finally yes. out from over the like every the thing that everybody knew was coming has happened and now it's like just go out and play mm-hmm. ball and don't worry about everything else that's going on. Like I, I think I think Oklahoma's gonna get Nebraska's best game on Saturday. I, I fully agree. And I said after they lost to the Northwestern, they still could write the season with this game. And, and I should say, get yourself back and, and and forget all that's happened already with a win in this game. And the offense has been good, man. Thompson's been really good. It's just they they couldn't get a stop last week when they needed to. And Georgia Southern impressed the hell out of me with their skill guys. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be a good watch uh, for sure. Uh, at that early kick, I wish it was a night game, but uh, it'll it'll still have all the goods. A couple totals I wanted to pick your brain on. The only side I see is over, and that's Akron, Tennessee. But then I see Akron go out and get shut out at Michigan State last week. Yeah, I was gonna say Akron's point total is single digits. Ooh. So that, that yeah that you got you got that working for you. Mm, that's not. I just oh they're terrible. Here's what I they're terrible. I thought Tennessee gave everything they had defensively last week and ended up creating some negative plays. And I wonder if he just hey let's just work on some fundamentals defensively. Let's play straight up here, and 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 Akron can get some things late. But that Tennessee offense, man, good God, those wide receivers. If those guys aren't pros. I don't know what a pro receiver looks like anymore. I mean, right. good Correct. God, they are Greek gods in a uniform. Yeah, they got players. And the other one is Ohio State at 61. They're going to get all their guys back. Going back and watching. Uh, I watched some Arkansas State. Going back and watching Notre Dame. I think I might have a second favorite player in the country, and that's Ohio State tight end Cade Stover. That guy is a Uh-oh. human battering ram. Relay the mess. I know Herbie already knows he's an Ohio kid, but he played linebacker. <laughs> then he played, um, I believe he played tight end in against Michigan and in the Rose Bowl. But just, I mean, lines up everywhere on the field, and you better know where he is because if you don't know where he is, he's going to come knock your block off. And he's as physical. I mean, got the big elbow brace on, jersey's untucked after the second play of the game because he's just scrapping it up with guys. I love him. Number eight, Ohio State, Cade Stover. I just think Toledo's pretty capable on offense, and that's why I look at the over there because I think Ohio State's got it got it going good. The run game came back last week. Uh, I know they didn't cover, but I still think that that total seems small to me. Uh, I don't think you're going to get that number in many more Ohio State games, so that's why I look at the over in that game. Yeah, I, if you look at what they've done under Ryan Day, Against these in state schools, it's uh, hmm. one seventy-seven to twelve. Hmm. So you're you're it's what one eighty. So you're 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 looking at over and over in all three of those games. So that's probably where you're at. I know a lot of people are probably we have, we have yet to address Miami A and M. Yep. Uh, and other than the fact that A and M losing cost them game day, I'm sure they really care about that. No, not really. Uh, I just. It feels like it's the now or never type spot for AM. Like, like I'm not playing the game. I don't like the game. Uh, you hear that Max Johnson has taken reps with the ones this week. Maybe we see a quarterback change. They've got a ton of injuries. You hear about Restrepo possibly being out for Miami. So they could be down there. They're leading wide receiver. Uh, I worry about Miami's linebacking play, which I guess has not been up to par. It's still, Still working some other guys in at wide receiver. So both teams got a lot of questions, whether it's personnel wise, 
or injury-wise A&M on the offensive line and the defensive line. If, if anything, it feels like an under type of game because I don't really feel confident about laying the points here with A&M because Miami could certainly win outright or take Miami plus the points. A&M certainly is capable of, of winning by double digits. So it's a no play on the side. And if I had to play the game, I'd play the goal. I watched A&M and I remember reading before the season, I think Jimbo – 90% of the snaps last year had traditional personnel, which is basically, you know, two backs, tight end, two receivers. And I just wonder if it's time to try and and create some more things that make throws easier for your quarterback, whether it's splitting guys out, you know, misdirection, bootleg, the whole thing. I I, I just don't know what else there is to do because you can't just keep doing this. It's It's so traditional. Uh, it's it's nine possessions last week, eight first downs, and it just it's not effective. And App State took it to you up front. So I think Miami's going to come in with a great game plan. I just feel like the it the boiling points in College Station. So if there's a time to take a And M, because if they they lose this I, game, look out. They don't they don't come back home. They don't come back home. I think until the last week of October. Yeah, I know you got the game in Dallas next yes. week. Yes. Arkansas and Dallas next week at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina after a bye, and then they don't play at home until Ole Miss on October 29th. That's that. This is a critical. That's that's that what might be a good. That might be a good. If they lose, that might be a good thing that they're going to be away from home <laughs> for those good games. Point. Very good point. So I, I think it's backs against the wall here. That's why I would lean AM. But I I you know, we talked about Texas and Alabama. Who would you learn about? We're gonna learn a lot about Miami here. A lot about Miami. Sure. And I just think Mario, with his experience in the run game, they know they're gonna have to run it. Gaddis was was great at Michigan last year. Got it going in the second half last week, or towards the end of the first half uh last week. I just I want to see what Miami's plan is because they know they have to run the ball to frustrate A&M and limit their possessions, seeing how limited they were last week. So I'm I'm really interested to see Mario's team on the road in, in an awesome atmosphere uh, in that game. Is Texas Tech getting too many points? I think they probably are. Like We, we talked about them last week, and people, I think, overreacted to, to Shuck being out. We were like, Donovan Smith might be better suited. Oh, I love Donovan Smith. For, for them offensive for, for them, for them offensively, and 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 the NC State, I am always hesitant on these highly touted scheme teams that never really have basked in the in the glory of having a breakthrough type year. Like, and I bought into it a little bit. I thought the spot for NC Carolina initially was kind of an upset trap. And then the week of the game, I'm like, nah, I don't think so. But watching them against East Carolina, Leary made some poor decisions, really struggled to run the like. I don't know, man. I, I could see Texas Tech winning this game very easily. It's a very different test, which I don't think – I'm trying to figure out if NC State play Wake Forest this year. They do play – Wake Forest is at NC State November 5th. So that would be the other kind of dynamic where you're going to get your your defense stretched. But I still think NC State has the goods defensively. 
I, you mentioned Larry not being up to par so far. I expect him to have a big game here. Uh, I don't want to give 10, but I think if I have to, I, I like, you know, in an office pool, I'll take, I'll take the home. Game. I think NC state's going to have a lot to prove. I think that place night game, that defense is going to feed. They got a ton of talent on defense. So I, I think it's a really good test to see what they have because Texas Tech's not going to do something to them that they're not going to see until they play Wake Forest. So uh, I, a lot of eyeballs on that game for sure. Anything else? Oh, yeah, I think we run, run through the gap. about the Jaguars out in Pasadena? Um, 15 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, there, there were a lot of people last week that liked Central Michigan against them. USA was in winners. I know mm-hmm. that. I think it was thirty-one-seven at half. Yeah, there might be winners again this week. It's a weird number. It is. It's a weird number. I mean, with I guess people DTR and Charbonnet. Who, who knows? But yeah, that, that I would was, expect them a, back in the baby blues this week. I would think so too. Yeah. Is it is it I bad that I picked UCLA so. to go to the playoff and they're still not ranked? Is that is that a bad thing? <laughs> not at all. Okay. Michigan was was Michigan ranked at this point last week mm. after one game or two games? I don't remember. Probably I know not. they weren't ranked in the preseason. Were they? Yeah, wasn't week two the Washington game last year? Yeah, I think That's so. Got a dose of them. All right. Yeah, you got top to, top ten on average, favored by thirty one and a half points a game. So probably not a whole lot of turnover this week. Okay, but we'll see. Big Mike Happy Recap. All right. Big Mike Happy Recap. I am going UTSA plus the points. Rutgers minus the points. Utah minus the points. Under in BYU and Oregon. And my possible ads are Kansas plus the points. The over in Ohio State game. And Fresno State plus the points. Possible. Keep your eye on the column. I'll I'll hopefully tweet something out if I do add something uh, to get everybody eyeballs on that. But again, picks are on. Chalk section, ESPN.com. They're on the front page today. Bear, your picks for the Big Mike Happy Recap. Yeah, we got Notre Dame. Minus points against Cal, Oregon. Minus three and a half against BYU. Iowa minus 23 against Nevada. 22 and a half, whatever you see. Louisville plus the points against Florida State. Colorado State plus the points. Washington State. Tulane plus the points. Kansas State. Syracuse minus one against Purdue, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing them touching the stump in uh, in, court, in, uh, in Portland this weekend. All right. Anything from your uh, – tit- By the way, that, 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 is, that, is the name, that is the name of this week's podcast, right? When, when, when Taylor sends out the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the the link to tweet and the, the title, touch the, it was touch the stump or rub the stump. What did you uh, say? I was going to say ry- something that rhymes with stump, but I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Touch the there stump. There you go. There it is. Uh, underdog, you're most confident will win outright. Um, Louisville. Okay. I will take. Really going on an all in there. Two and a half point. Yeah, down. I know. I, I, he, he, I, 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 we were four dogs I picked. I put in the column. Uh, plus my money. Okay. Texas Tech, Louisville, Auburn, and Tulane. Those are four that I, that I threw. I'm with. I'm going to say Kansas. Sure. Just want to see it. Just want to see it. All right, before we get out of here, this week's mayhem moment is the game we want no part of, and it's brought to you by Allstate. 
Protect yourself from mayhem and save money by switching to Allstate. Miami A&M definitely is on that list for for sure. Mississippi State LSU would be on that list. You uh, asked me for a pick there, and I gave you a really strong conviction pick. Yeah, it'd it'd be one of those two for sure. Okay. Mine is UCF minus nine at FAU because I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. <laughs> I would guess just knowing the mentality of the team's the over, but like I said, I, I'm not uh, touching that. And then you have a bunch of big favorites we mentioned. I have a bunch, uh, yep. so that covers that. And then Michigan State is your ranked team most likely to lose to an unranked team? You have to. I mean, they're, right? they're an underdog, so you, you would have to think that that would be the – the team that, that fits into the call into that category. So yeah. All right. Cal two and zero against zero and two Notre Dame. Did not think that was going to happen. No. Crazy. Not at all. All righty. Travel safe. Get on your way. We will. We get a, will you get a lap around the field tonight at Arrowhead? No, no. I'll be headed straight to the uh, no pregame. Straight to the game pregame. Truck. Come on, get out there. Go see Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see if I can. Sometimes, sometimes the credentials don't have uh, field access, and oh. sometimes I have stuff to do in the truck beforehand. So if, if, I, if I can, I All will. Right. You get a $100 free bet on my part if you get a selfie with Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the I offer really is that. there. I know I really – all right. Love and it. that could be an automatic best thing for the start of the show tonight if I get a will, 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 I, will, I, will I be actually be allowed to – to make the free bet, or will it be rejected? Oh, uh, no, my people, I'll get it. I will get it in for you. <laughs> Perfect. I might not have Perfect. a ticket for okay, it. I might not have a ticket for you, but it'll be in if you trust me. The book, the book, the book of Steve honors them. Free bets it doesn't change the number on you after they reject them. All right, pressure's on Swink. All get right. this out as fast as possible. I got about hundreds of tweets coming in. Where's the pod? So, pressure's on you, Swink. Mm-hmm. Bear, take us away. The less you bet, the more you lose when you win. You can listen to follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN.